We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to rivalfantasy.com or get the Rival Fantasy app. Today is Sunday, June 4th. My name is Chris Crawford. With me is my friend Ryan Boyer. And on today's episode, we're going to cover some individual risers and fallers from the weekend, players who showed something encouraging, and some others who did not. And then we'll talk about some fab and waiver wire targets. And this week's going to be a little different. We're going to help you look at some guys that shouldn't cost you a whole heck of a lot, if anything, in terms of your fab bidding. We know you got a lot of money saved for some of these prospects and stuff, so that should help. But before they do that, let's jump into some headlines. And let's start, Ryan, with Andrew Abbott. Andrew Abbott is going to be making his major league debut on Monday. Now, it is worth pointing out that this is coming in the uh, absence of Hunter Green, who is being pushed all the way back to Sunday, which is a little bit concerning. That's more than a week off for him uh, with hip stiffness. But Abbott has been fantastic in the minor league, started in double A, moved up to triple A and has been otherworldly. Are you jumping out to go get Andrew Abbott on your fantasy roster, Ryan? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think he's worth adding in pretty much any kind of format. Um sure. There's, I know he's replacing Hunter Green for the time being, but frankly, when I saw that he was, the news of Abbott's promotion came prior to the news of Green. Correct. And I was kind of under the assumption that Graham Ashcraft was probably going to be demoted because he's been so terrible lately. Yeah. So, I mean, they can find room in that rotation, even if, uh, you know, even if Hunter Green is able to take his next his next turn, which mm-hmm. hopefully, fingers crossed, he's able to because he's actually been really, really good lately. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Abbott leads the minor leagues in strikeouts. Um, we have talked, you and I have talked about him in the past. He's not the stuff as, as compared to like uh, the other elite pitching prospects. Right. Not at the same level. Maybe gets by in a bit of deception. Um, but you can't argue with the numbers. I mean, they're just stupid good. Um, the home vi- home venue, not great. Right. Um, I do think he's set up really well for his first start. The Brewers are quite literally, if you look at like Woba, they're like yeah. the worst in baseball against left-handed pitching. Yeah, that's great. So I think they set him up pretty well for success in his first start. Um, and I think he's probably going to get additional starts either way, but if he does pitch well Monday, which I, I think he probably will, 
Um, I think he's definitely set up for additional starts. And, you know, we're going to talk about, as we mentioned, smaller fab bids later. I think Abbott is probably going to, he's going to cost you more than that. Yeah. Um, just, uh, just in scouting on the stat line of which we're all, maybe you not as much as you, you being the minor league aficionado, <laughs> such as, such as you are, yeah. um, people are going to see those, those numbers in the minors and they're going to think, okay, this oh, yeah. guy's the best pitching prospect in baseball. Yeah. He's not that he's a very good prospect. Yes. Um, I do think he's going to miss bats. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do against Milwaukee. I am too. And it's worth pointing out that uh, David Bell came out and did say this will not be a spot start for Abbott. This will be him staying in the rotation. I would guess that assuming green comes back on Sunday as projected right now that you do see Ashcraft get sent down or maybe they make another type of roster move. But yeah, I'm excited. I think you hit the nail on the head a little bit with the deception. I would not expect the same kind of strikeout totals that he had uh, in the minors as he does in the majors, but he doesn't have to be to be an effective starter. He can be still that six inning, two to three run baseball type of guy. And, you know, maybe he'll have some seven and eight strikeout starts as well. That can certainly be helpful. The Reds have been playing better, although they are on a bit of a losing streak. So, So a little more of a win chance than they would have had, say, a month ago. But, you know. It is time to uh, time to go get him, I think, if you haven't. He's been on my imminent arrivals article. I'll promote that again every Wednesday uh, for like the last four or five weeks. And it was seemed like a little risky thing because I just wasn't sure when he was going to get that promotion. But, yeah, he's got that promotion, and I am excited to see him. Uh, two names that you haven't seen in the last couple of games wanted to talk about real quick. Jose Altuve and Wander Franco. Now, Jose Altuve was pulled from at- – did not play on Saturday with an oblique issue. Is not playing again on Sunday with an oblique issue. Now, the Astros are not having him undergo an MRI. So this all sounds very precautionary, but it is a little bit of a worry. You know, the two injuries aren't related, but because he missed so much time with the thumb, you can't help but wonder a little bit about this just being an unfortunate year for Altuve, who's played pretty darn well. Wander Franco's played really well and unfortunately is dealing with a hamstring issue. Just something you, I think, with both these guys, you got to be cognizant of um, your level of worry for either of these guys, Ryan. I'm guessing pretty low. Uh, yeah, low to I don't know, moderate, maybe, maybe a little below that. Like it's, it just seems when one of your star players hurts his oblique and you don't mm-hmm. want to do imaging, that just seems yeah. strange to me. It does. Like, I yeah. don't. Does it really does it cost that much to put a guy in an MRI tube when you're a, a multi-billion dollar organization? Seems uh, very Oaklandish. Yeah. <laughs> He's making him pay for his for his soda as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I a little worrisome and the hamstring too, you know, it's those are both injuries that do have the tendency to to linger. Yes, but I mean, at this point, we have to take the organizations at their word. I guess that they're being super cautious. Um, maybe they can ease those guys back in with some DH duty for a bit. But uh, sounds like they're going to avoid the injured list for the time being, unless they suffer some sort of setback. So hopefully, that's the case. Um, one guy who did not avoid the injured list. Justin Steele. Good segue. Um, yes, thank you. Been working on those segues. Um, 
they contend, the Cubs do, that this is a mild forearm strain. Um, I'm sorry to laugh. It's just such a ridiculous term. The mild forearm strain for a pitcher is such a ridiculous term, but please continue. Yeah, I mean, so hopefully it's completely muscular in nature and no – no structural damage, that, that would be the implication given that they – I mean, they kind of hinted that maybe he could just miss one start and they even avoid the injured list. They at least decided to take that precautionary step and put him on the IL, which right. kind of common sense says that you, you should be doing that. Right. Um, you know, Steele is a guy who obviously having a fantastic season. Mm-hmm. I think most of us thought that – He's probably going to have some regression coming. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be a kind of an excuse to not outright bail on him, but mm-hmm. you know, if there is a sell high window, that yes might be slammed shut now. Mm. Um, I do think he's going to come back to earth to a certain degree. Still uh, waiting for that control to regress in a in a negative way he's yeah throwing way more strikes than he just ever has um and not missing some bats but not missing a ton um i don't know it, it ben brown maybe could we get a look at ben brown i know they're talking about putting putting hayden wesneski back in the rotation now right. he's a guy who we i mean frankly liked more than justin Steele coming into the season i think sure yeah um but really had a dreadful start. I don't think we can – that's a dice roll we can make right now on Hayden Wisniewski. am interested to see if he can he can bounce back. Um, ben Brown, as I mentioned, could be a candidate at some point if this uh, Justin Steele thing lingers on. But sounds like for the time being, mild forearm strain, they're saying. It's just such a ridiculous ter- look. It's partially a ridiculous term to me, just because of what we've done um, for so long. Ryan is written about mild or precautionary stuff with forearms and flexors, and it's always, without fail, two weeks later, a long-term injury. There is, I cannot remember anyone having a forearm strain and coming back in the minimum amount of time. Like, unless they're not being honest with what the injury is. A forearm strain is going to keep him out for a little while. Uh, they have said that Wesnecki is going to be in the rotation, uh, taking his spot at least for these next couple of turns. He's interesting. I get asked about Ben Brown quite a bit. I think he's a better real-life starting pitcher than a fantasy one. I just don't see the <laughs> stuff. Normally with those guys, I'd like to see at least one 65-grade or 70-pitch to really recommend as a rookie um, unless you're somebody like Andrew Abbott who doesn't have that, but he has four well above average pitches and has an unbelievable track record now with missing bats. If he's starting against one of the weaker lineups, if you get a chance to face Colorado, not in Colorado, or if you get a chance to face Miami or something like that, sure, yeah, I'd consider Ben Brown, but I'm really kind of out. What's Necky? Look, the slider looked great. Everything else just looked redacted you there are words i'm not allowed to say on this podcast for how bad especially his fastball has been against major league pitchers can guys with slider heavy arsenals succeed as a starter sure but i would be very much streaming either of those options more than considering them 
set it and forget it guys uh speaking of the nl central which we've talked about an awful lot today although houston is not in the nl central it should be in the nl central i can go on a long rant for the view about whether or not those divisions should be changed ryan but i have some fond memories of those uh astros cardinals rivalry games back in the the killer bees days of oh, with, with the astros man yeah, yeah. that 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 Pujol shot is still like Alpha Brad Lidge is still like, even as someone who hates the Cardinals with all of the pet. No, I'm just kidding. But it's someone who did not have a strong affinity for the Cardinals. That is one of my all time favorite uh, baseball moments. Uh, somebody asked a really interesting question here. Would you trade away Xander Bogarts and pick up Ellie De La Cruz? So this is interesting because normally I would say absolutely not. I would suggest picking up Ellie De La Cruz, but not necessarily in return for Xander Bogarts, but it's worth pointing out that Xander Bogarts has been dealing with some injury stuff and has not looked great. Would you consider obviously picking up LA de la Cruz? Yes. A hundred percent, a billion percent. Go get him now while you can. But would you maybe consider trading away Xander Bogarts? Because this has not been very pretty as of late and, you know, dealing with that injury stuff. And it sounds like it could be something that lingers for a little while. Yeah, I mean, I think it just all depends on what kind of offers you sure. get. I'm not certainly not against throwing some some feelers out there. I, am I right in remembering that he had kind of a hand issue, wrist issue last year with the Red Sox? Or? Correct. Yes. Um, so uh, being downplayed right now, but mm-hmm. you know, Bogart got off that amazing start, um, but. Not so much a late. The num- overall numbers still don't look bad, so maybe you can get what he's worth or maybe a little more. Um, but I have a feeling, I mean, the people in your league are reading these uh, these injury blurbs as well. So, yeah. Um, would you take 80 cents on the dollar for Bogart? So that's a move I could – I could maybe get on board with depending on what your needs are, especially if you're able to uh, pick up a potentially dynamite backup plan like LA De La Cruz. But yeah, it mostly depends on what kind of offers you get. Okay. Here's a fun one. What if someone offered you, and let's say you have a decent um, backup shortstop. Let's say you had someone of the JP Crawford ilk, you know, that type of thing that you could kind of get away with playing him a little bit, who, by the way, is out with a knee injury, but it sounds like it's going to be a short-term thing. What if somebody offered you L.A. De La Cruz for Xander Bogarts? Would you take it? In a redraft? No. Okay. I would not. I'd uh, really consider it. I, I know that you? you're right. You're 100% right. And yet, I think I would consider it just because my FOMO my fear of missing out now maybe yeah. i'd ask for something else with bogarts you know what i mean like uh yeah, De La Cruz little, plus yeah 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 it's something like along those lines just like to get a little bit of safety with it but i'm just such a huge fan and i cannot wait to see this guy playing the major leagues did you see that he got first to third in 10.95 seconds the other day like that's no he's, he's six foot five ryan he's a Flipping edge rusher playing shortstop that is getting around the left tackle in 10.95 seconds. I, I, this, this is just too much fun. Too much. I also saw, by the way, that he did have a zero for five with five strikeouts. He did, he did have a, yeah. And I, I did ask my friend, uh, Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic, um, 
uh, if what the exit velocities were on those strikeouts, because I like to joke about all the exit velocity that's been happening with that guy. But yeah, he's struck it. By the way, I'm not suggesting dropping Bogarts for De La Cruz, as somebody in the chat just asked. No, do not drop Xander Bogarts, but add De La Cruz and maybe look to trade Bogarts, um, because I do wonder if this is going to be something uh, that lingers. By the way, thank you, Enrique, who says, longtime fan, thanks for the entertainment. We really appreciate it. We've really enjoyed during these weekend shows. Uh, but to get into the uh, central, uh, Willie Adamas and Luis Arias looks like they're both going to be coming back. It looks like Arias is going to be back on Tuesday after dealing with a very severe hamstring strain, has been out for over two months now. And Willie Adamas, of course, an extremely scary thing hanging over the uh, the dugout and got nailed in the head by a line drive by Brian Anderson, a scary moment for Adamus and a very scary moment for Anderson, who looked like he was just going to burst into tears, and you can't blame him. That was a really unfortunate thing. But really nice that both are going to be in the lineup. I Adamus, I still think, has a lot of fantasy potential just because of the homers. You can't expect a ton of the average, but also gets a chance to hit in the middle or sometimes in that second spot in the Lineup a chance to drive in Christian Yellick, who is a flawed baseball player, but still gets on base and scores some runs. Arias a little more tricky. Um, kind of depends on where you are at situationally, I think. Not somebody you probably were hanging on to on your, if assuming you have limited injured list spots, and hopefully you do, because what kind of league is fun if you don't have limited injured list spots? But he's probably more of a wait and see for me. Would you agree with those, Ryan? Um, I, I think he if in leagues where you have middle and corner spots and you know fairly deep, I, I think he's worth picking up. That's fair. Um, I'm mostly interested to see what the Brewers are going to do. I mean, is this is Bryce Terrain going back to the minors? I, A really good question. He has he's been terrible. Yeah, just on the whole, offensively, he's been terrible, but especially of late. Yeah. Um, like one for his last 32. And I, sure. I, uh, I don't know if it was t yesterday and today or Friday and Saturday. I don't know if they've, um, their lineup has come out yet or not, but I know he sat two straight games. Uh, so I think it points to Bryce Terang, maybe, maybe getting a reset in the minors. They could put Owen Miller has been really good. Mm -hmm. Um, they can put him at one of those two between him and Luis Urias at second base, the other at third base, but Brian Anderson in right field, Willie Adamas back at shortstop. Um, I think that's probably the route they're going to go. I think Terang is a reset would probably do him, do oh, him yeah. some good. For sure. Um, Still a really young player. Yeah. Been uh he's been fine with the glove, but the bat, just hasn't been there yet. Um, I, I do think he's going to still be pretty fi fantasy viable asset over the long haul, but mm -hmm. um, certainly don't need to be holding out hope for him. I think he's in redrafts. That is, um, sure. I think he's probably headed back to the back to the minors with this news. Yeah, I would. I, it would certainly make a lot of sense unless there's some sort of pitcher thing. By the way, Eric Lauer going to make a couple of rehab starts uh, starting on Tuesday as well. So if you're 
in Nashville, get some really good chicken and also get uh, a chance to go watch some Major League Baseball players down there. I've never been in Nashville. That's actually pretty high on my city list. Um, I haven't either. I love that, that. I love that hot chicken, though, man. Yeah, me too. That hot chicken. And I got to tell you, I assumed you watched Master of None, that white uh, that white barbecue sauce that they had in that episode. It, uh, it wasn't even from a real company. But I know that white barbecue sauce now exists, and I definitely uh, would like to put it inside of my gullet. Uh, another real quick question before we get into the second half of the show. Our buddy Chad asks, does Johnny DeLuca see enough playing time to be worth the high fab? The talent is absolutely there for him to be an elite contributor, just maybe not this go-around. So for those who missed it, Trace Thompson is heading to the injured list with an oblique strain, and the uh, the Dodgers, I almost said Mariners, maybe this was just wishful thinking, <laughs> are going to select the contract of DeLuca to be added to the roster now, DeLuca wasn't exactly a super highly thought of prospect coming into the year, but he's been outstanding this season, made the move to AAA, now going to get a chance to be on that Dodgers roster. I think you're talking more long-term than short-term with DeLuca. The main thing is, I only think he's going to be playing against left-handers. I think he's probably going to be that center fielder with James Outman sitting out against lefties. You may get a chance to see him play some left with giving David Peralta a day off, or if J.D. Martinez needs a day off, you can put uh, Peralta at designated hitter and put DeLuca. DeLuca could play all over the outfield. He's a fantastic athlete with a good throwing arm. I really like him in the long term. I think the Dodgers will carve out a role for him. But I think he's probably more of a 2024 play than a 2023 one, unless he goes out and just smashes and forces the issue. Because look, if he can really play, David Peralta has not been good enough for him to absolutely earn all the playing time over him. So yeah, I'd be looking to add him to the roster, but probably at like a one or 2% of my budget fab bid, something like that, and see what happens, knowing that if you drop him, it's not that big of a deal. And knowing that if he's really good, it could pay high dividends. Would you agree with that, Ryan? Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. And I'll also add James Outman outside of the first few That's weeks has been quite dreadful too. Yeah, I don't think, they, I don't think he's going to be... Mistakes. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be outright getting replaced at this point. But yeah, I think DeLuca right now just kind of slides into that Trace Thompson role. So more of a wait and see. I'll be curious to see if DeLuca does well in that, what they do with Thompson, because speaking of players who have been bad, goodness gracious. And I know Trace Thompson adds uh, some intrinsical value because he's considered one of the more popular guys in the clubhouse and all of that good stuff. But being popular doesn't excuse going over 37 or whatever he was not too long ago. Just not a good enough player to justify. So it'll be curious to see if DeLuca really performs well, just how much of a leash Thompson will have when he comes back from that oblique injury. So that covers most of the big weekend headlines. We're going to do our three up, three down from Saturday, and we will talk waiver targets. But first, let's take a quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A new MLB season means a new type of fantasy baseball, and Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. And they brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival's fantasy games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. Now, right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you get to keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to $50. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup and use code RotoWireMLB at signup and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. All right, let's go with that three up from Saturday. And Ryan, this is an interesting one to talk about, especially today, because Luis Arias has been fantastic. And it's worth pointing out that Pablo Lopez, who we both, Drew and I talked about quite nicely, has not necessarily been so great as of late. Maybe we need to restart talking about this trade, but like, just talk about how good Luis Arias has been in 2023. Yeah, I mean, five for five, five Pretty RBI good. for three doubles. Huh. He's he's like 390 now, batting 390 going into Action Sunday. Mm-hmm. Problem is, like, he's. He really has been an empty batting average. Like yeah. I realize when you're talking about 390, yeah, um, that's it. Almost seems like an insult when you say empty batting average, and right. you have the potential to like. There's more you can do with your roster um, as far as carrying guys that are average risks when you have a guy like Luis Arise. But one home run, one stolen base. He's only scored 20 runs, even though he's been batting, you know, towards the top of that lineup. It's not a great total. On the other hand, um, like he's just such a reliable source of batting average that, and not even just like reliable as in he's going to help you in that regard. Like he's, he's going to cut compete for batting titles. I think year in and year out, like he just, he's, he's tailor made to hit for average. He's not tailor-made to do much else. He's not a good defender. He doesn't have power. He doesn't have speed. Um, so he's certainly a, a player with flaws, but like that that hit tool is just so good um, that he's going to be a, a great asset in fantasy regardless if he's, you know. I mean, he's, he, he wound up scoring like 80 runs last year. I think he can still hit that mark. So he's – sure. Maybe not a not, maybe not a total like one out of five category guy, um, but yeah, that average is just it's so nice to have, isn't it? Oh my gosh! Like he's just kind of like a set it and for like the set it and forget it average guy. Like you know, if you have somebody like that playing on your team, 
you are going to finish in the top half in average category. Like you can, you here's what he does. He makes it so that you can have Joey Gallows on your team that, which we were going to talk about and just got pressed for time, but uh, Gallo back on the injured list. It sounds like this hamstring thing is going to be a lingering issue, but you can have those guys who hit 190, 200, who give you homers because you know that Arias is going to compensate for it. And that is Kyle. Uh, I don't know how Kyle Schwarber. Oh my gosh, Kyle Schwarber right now. Hopefully he has another one of these second half swoons because pretty big fantasy disappointment. But yeah, those type of guys who are bashers and assuming you're not playing in an on-base percentage league are more detriment than helper in a couple of categories for you. He's fun. He's really fun. And I think we need to revisit that trade uh, every year or so just to talk about, because I think the Marlins got a lot of flack for that one. And maybe, just maybe, they did better than people. Now, it's worth pointing out they gave up a couple of prospects that we'll have to see how they do as well. But I think this is one that's going to be fun to revisit. It's uh, It was definitely a challenge trade. And I think uh, right now, I don't think if Miami's feeling too bad about it. Yeah, I mean, that's a one of those rare trades where it looks like everybody's going to be happy probably exactly yeah exactly and we don't like people being happy so actually it was a terrible (laughs) trade just kidding uh wanted to talk about jake fraley jake fraley had another really big game on uh saturday in the loss to the brewers goes three for four with a homer draws a walk he's only hitting 258 348 417 I guess I got to get over that being only that's a, a well above average line now ryan baseball has changed ever so much Went through some struggles, but he's he's been really solid for the most part since really the middle of uh, middle of May, maybe the early part of May, more like it. Um, has been a player that has shown flashes of brilliance in the past uh, with both Seattle and qu- a very small amount of time with the Yankees. I kind of like Fraley. I like that lineup. I like the fact that he's playing in that home park. Is he somebody you're considering a roster ad for if he's still available? Oh, for sure. Yeah, three stolen bases yesterday too. On that. Oh, I missed that part of it. That is yeah. also a, yeah, he's uh, up to, a pretty good thing. He's up to eleven stolen bases on the year. Um, nice. It's. I mean, it's. I think it's all about health with him. Like he's really. He's not like a big power guy, but I think. No. In that park, if he stays healthy, even losing some at bats against lefties, he's got twenty plus homer power and 20 plus steals potential as well. Um, So yeah, I I think it's, especially if you have a league that's daily roster moves too, um, and you can kind of sub them out when they're facing lefties, um, maybe on when they're on the road and in tougher matchups, you have the potential to maximize that, that asset. If you can kind of finesse the the roster spots in, in that way, uh, but yeah, Fraley, I think it's mostly about health for him. He battled injuries for the most of first half last year, but then the second half he was he was healthy and he was awesome. So I think as long as he stays healthy, he's gonna be gonna be quite valuable in a as in a Roto league. Um one guy who has been surprisingly valuable of late, Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. Uh, another good start yesterday against the White Sox. Um, just gave up one run over is it seven innings, six innings. I, I can't remember exactly. And he's been since the beginning of May. Um, he's had he had one bad start, I believe, against the Royals, and then he's been awesome. Otherwise, I, I don't think he's given up more than one earned run in 
any of his other starts other than that since the beginning of May. The schedule has been quite favorable. Um, he, I believe his first start in May was against the Mets, which, I mean, on paper, you think that's a tough matchup, but he, their Mets aren't doing great offensively. Nope, we'll talk and, about that in a sec. Yeah, aside from that, maybe the White Sox are like the most, the next most difficult matchup he's had. <laughs> and that's who he's faced the last two, his last two starts, by the way. I think right. he's given up a total of one earned run in those two starts. Lorenzen's a guy who's been like, I feel like he's always been kind of intriguing. He's like, he's, mm-hmm. he's got that Tyler Glass now, Greek God body <laughs> sure. <huge> guy. And <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, but it's, it, it always kind of seems like he should be better than what he has been. Um, I don't have a lot of faith that he's got any staying power here. No. Um, Detroit's rotation has been really banged up. Is oh yeah, really banged up. They're waiting for you know guys like Matt Manning and and Tarek Skubal to come back. Uh, it's going to be a while, I think, for both of those guys. Casey sure. Mize, I believe he's going to miss all of this year, or maybe. Outside shadow, like September return from from Tommy John, right? Um, so they're they're hurting in their rotation. They're going to have to lean on Lorenzen probably quite a bit, but I don't really see this really turning into thing, anything uh, sustainable. Um, a streamer maybe, but even that I think is kind of a push. I'm, I'm expecting the him to crash back down to earth sooner rather than later. Yeah, I would agree with that. It is worth pointing out, by the way, that Scooble did make his uh, season debut for Double A um, Erie. Yeah, I always I forget. There's so many minor league changes. How can I forget Erie though? They've been with Detroit since your grandma met your granddaddy. Um, yeah, I, I I think Lorenzen's an interesting one. It's worth pointing out with Lorenzen that he was a two way player in college, and it was kind of debated whether or not he was going to be a center fielder or a pitcher. So he's a little younger in terms of development than everybody else. And you have seen those flashes. Like you, you saw some with the angels. You saw some with the reds. Ultimately, I still think he would be better as a reliever. I think that stuff plays really well in short-term stuff, but he would definitely be just a streamer type of guy. Maybe ride the hot hand right now a little bit with Lorenzen, but it's probably not somebody that I'm looking to roster for the rest of the year. So this guy, let's talk about the three down. Unfortunately, we're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite players. Francisco Lindor has just been awful as of late. 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and heard the boo birds yesterday. Got the uh, got some uh, a little bit of booing. It has not been pretty for him, especially since really the start of May. He has an 083 OPS in June. That's a sample of all of three games. But... Hit 227, 273, 412 in the month of May. That's pretty disappointing for a guy who is considered one of the better shortstops in baseball. I I really like Francisco Lindor still, and I think long-term he's going to be just fine and more helper than herder. But man, oh man, this is bad, Ryan. And if you have him as your starting shortstop, you have to consider maybe considering making a move for a better, more consistent option? I I mean, I think, unfortunately, like the investment that it 
takes to roster him. Like I think you're just kind of stuck. stuck. Yeah. Yep. Fair. And he'll he'll I think he'll come around. Like we've he's had droughts before. I mean, we don't have to tell Mets fans like the first what three, four months of his Mets career, he was quite bad. And he's never been a great like average guy. Um, so I, I don't know if we can fully count on that totally coming around, but I think he's still going to be a great power speed option. Fair. And I do think the Mets lineup, I mean, if it's not clicking, I think uncle Steve is going to make some additions <laughs> to that, to that lineup and make sure yeah. he's going to make sure that it's, it gets clicking. So I think he's going to have the counting stats are going to be there for Lindor. Like I mentioned, average, not necessarily a guy you can count on being an asset in that regard. Um, but I think he's probably going to ultimately be fine. Uh, it's worth pointing out real quick uh, on Lindor. I think one of the things that hurts him and kind of helps him from a fantasy thing is there's no depth behind him. Like, look, to go take you behind the scenes, Ryan and I update depth charts all the time, and we have Francisco Lindor all by himself in the shortstop position for the New York Mets because there's nobody on the roster who's capable of giving him a day off. He's going to have to get through this. And you know what? Sometimes players need a day off to kind of like get things out of their head. I don't think Francisco Lindor is anything close to a head case or anything like that. But you know what? Veteran players need days off. And I do wonder, that's one of the reasons why Ronnie Mauricio makes a lot of sense for me to, to have a Mets as a call-up because, yes, he's played mostly second base. No, I'm not suggesting that he's going to be uh, the starting shortstop anytime soon. But uh, give him that day off. And also a chance for Mauricio to play some second base can beat the DH as well. Uh, real quick, I got this interesting question of, up on Lorenzen. Lorenzen or Michaelis or Bryce Miller, who you got? It is worth pointing out that Bryce Miller just gave up a two spot in the first inning to Texas. Looked really bad against those uh, New York Yankees, but also looked absolutely fantastic in every other start there. I'm still probably rostering Bryce Miller of those guys, but um, it is worth pointing out that there are concerns now with Bryce Miller based on what I've seen over these last five innings. Ryan? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Miller's an easy call out of those three, but there are there were some, I don't know, red flags is the right way to describe it, but some some things that pointed to to some regression for him. Right. Um, but of that Finley group, not facing Oakland twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those, uh, what do you, what do you call them? The double A, double A Midland, double A Midland who, A's. Who, as our buddy Chad points out, he gave up a five spot. Sandy Alcantara sure. gave up a five yeah. spot. To him. So, uh, wow. 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 Baseball is weird. Yeah. Baseball is weird. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 But Miller, as much as, you know, there might be some leveling off here a little bit. I think he's the clear, especially like a strikeouts perspective that he's the clear option there. Mm-hmm. Michaelis wasn't great today. He had been really good lately mm-hmm. um, prior to today. Maybe he's a little bit safer from like an ERA perspective, but uh, I think Miller is still the pretty easy call on those three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Greg Ashcraft, Ryan, that's got to be a pretty easy uh, down as well. Yeah. 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 Graham Ashcraft is down pretty bad, Chris. Ten earned <laughs> runs yesterday. That's not. And good. as I mentioned, like in the order of the news that happened, we saw Andrew Abbott was getting promoted. 
Mm-hmm. And before the Hunter Green news came out, I thought, okay, Graham Ashcraft, he needs to go back down to the minors. I still think yeah. there's a pretty decent chance that's going to happen. Um, you know, Ashcraft, some buzz during during spring training with him and early on in the season, he was working on new on a new pitch, um, getting more swings and misses. Like I, I can't remember exactly what the numbers were during spring training, but his strikeout to walk rate was just insanely good. And he got off to a great start from an ERA perspective, but that strikeout to walk rate did not carry over. Nope. Um, so we talked about some red flags with Bryce Miller. I think there were red flags with Graham Ashcraft, even though he, he looked like a sell high guy at that point when he had a, had the low ERA. Sure. Did not see the crash back to earth this hard for him. I'm still really intrigued by him. Like, I feel like, I mean, he's the guy throws a 99 mile per hour cutter and 99 mile per hour sinker. If you can throw those, a two seamer and a, and a cutter at that kind of velocity and they go different directions. Like, yeah, you just need maybe just a little something else. Yep. And he, he could be a couple, a t- couple of tweaks away from really figuring it out. But I mean, the numbers at, at this point in the majors overall, not great. He doesn't miss nearly as many bats as you would like to see from a guy who throws that hard. Um, he does get a lot of ground balls. So that's, that's a, a big plus, obviously, but yeah, Graham Ashcraft, obviously in fantasy, you can give him the boot. You should have already. Yeah. Um, I'm still holding out hope that he could turn that corner. Maybe the light bulb goes off for him, but in 2023, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I have to tell you, I think that Ashcraft – is kind of the perfect relief candidate for me. I think his stuff can really pay play up there. And it's worth pointing out one of the big issues I have with Ashcraft is he gets no extension on his pitches. Like he's six foot two, but he's a big guy and he is not getting through the zone. And in fact, I just looked up to make sure that I'm not talking out of my, you know what? Extensions in the bottom third percentile, which is not good folks. Like Picking up the baseball real early and making starts in places like Great American Ballpark, you're not going to have a very good time. But with that cutter and with that fastball, it's easy for me to see him being like a Kenley Jansen type. Like, just throw that cutter nonstop, max effort in relief. I think you can have some really good things and miss some bats. Uh, Speaking of missing bats in a bad way, Seth Brown. Seth Brown went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts after going 0 for 3 on, in his last appearance with three strikeouts. So, yes, he has struck out in seven of his last seven at-bats. His line now is down to 162, 230, 324. Now, look, there are not a lot of fantasy-relevant players in Oakland to begin with, but I think some of us thought Brown might be one of those guys hitting near the top of the lineup or at the top of the lineup was actually – fairly solid in 2022, but he's been a disaster, Ryan. And I don't think that you can even consider him for a roster spot at this point. No, I don't think so. The upside just isn't worth it. No. Given what we've seen of the downside. Yeah. Um, Like you mentioned, he, he showed last year that he could be a a fantasy relevant asset, Mm -hmm. but like, the supporting cast, as we know, is just so completely awful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
spent a lot of the time on the on the injured list this season and has just been absolutely dreadful since coming back. So yeah, I think it's okay to cut um, cut Seth Brown loose. Um, not holding out hope for for him. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Move into these fab and waiver waiver wire targets. Another yeah. another Oakland A. Hey, there we go. Nice little yeah. Story again. Yeah. This guy actually has been quite good. JP Sears. Mm. Um, last four starts, ERA below two and a half, whip below one. And you guessed it. He has zero wins over that stretch. <laughs> In fact, he has zero wins on the season. Yeah. Because, yes, those double A Midland A's Holy do God, not. Cracker. Not picking up too many W's this season. <laughs> you might have heard. Um, and he's had Sears has had tough matchups over that stretch as well. I know he faced the Rangers, the Astros. I think maybe the Braves. He had one other. I think it was the Braves. Like he, he's he's done well against against good offenses. And. This week, this upcoming week, he's got a two-start week, currently projected to face the Pirates and the aforementioned Milwaukee Brewers, who are absolutely dreadful against left-handed pitching. Yes. So I'm holding out hope, Chris. W number one on the season for J.P. Sears. He's going to get in the win column. I'm not predicting two wins. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, I don't think the A's have gotten two wins in a week all season. I mean, they probably have, but it doesn't they, seem they like beat, it. They beat Atlanta two times in a row this last oh, week. Uh, they went for that sweep and just came up a little bit short. Okay. Um, Excuse me, Midland. Ba- I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Worst baseball team I've ever seen uh, for their level. It's not even close. Um, but Sears has been good, and uh, it's also fun to make puns with him um, because he's named after a – retail store that still somehow exists like i don't know how sears still exists and i apologize if they're a sponsor for the show i don't think they are but like when's the last time you remember wanting to go to a sears ryan or actually going into a sears okay so i gotta i gotta see real quick i got a sears story for you oh please and thank you Uh, and by the way this was not planned yeah Uh, so in college i had a whole bunch of buddies that actually worked at sears like selling like appliances that's okay they were in the appliance department. When I first moved to St. Louis, I needed a washer and dryer. Okay. I contacted one of my buddies who was still in Springfield, Missouri, okay. where I went to college, asking which what would be a good washer and dryer. He said, oh, I can ship you one. And you know what? We can make, make it to where it's damaged in... <laughs> Being shipped, and you can get it for like I can't remember if it was half price or whatever. Nice. So I got a quite a discount on that washer and dryer, and that friend got fired. Oh so. no! <laughs> oh yeah. Ryan. So that's my. Oh, he wasn't even. Yeah, it, it might even be the might not even even have been related to that. Like he okay. was one of those guys that was like. Oh. I mean, he's he was probably up in the twenties and the no call, no show at that point. <laughs> sure. So that was probably the the reason, the real reason why he got fired. So, well, yeah. I would see. I I need people to like me, but I also <laughs> uh, have a little bit of Schadenfreude in me. 
I'd be tempted to be like, yeah, I'm the reason that guy got fired. You know what I mean? And I would also be like, I'm the person who set him on the right path to go do whatever he does now. I'm sure he has a wonderful career and everything's going just great for him. Do not respond either way because I don't want to know if that's not true. (laughs) Speaking of that in no way, this is a terrible segue. Let's talk about Braxton Garrett. Braxton Garrett, and I should point out, all of these fab waiver targets that we're talking about are guys that we're either not spending fab on or they're going to be guys that are just like the bare minimum one or two dollar type of guys. We talk a bunch about like, you know, going to get Royce Lewis and going to get Ellie De La Cruz and all that stuff. And there's points to that. But you also might be looking at some guys, you know, if you're low on that fab budget that you want to get and Sears makes sense for that. And I think Braxton Garrett makes sense for that as well. Pitched really well in his last start, five and two third, five and a third innings of one run baseball and struck out seven against Colorado. Now, look, this is not a guy who's next exactly known for swing and miss stuff, but he struck out eight, eight, three, not so great. And seven in his last four outings, lowered his ERA to 4.22. No, does give up some hard contact, but he's generally in the strike zone. 35 to 9 strikeout to walk ratio in May. Also had an ERA of 5.46, but that's mainly because of a disastrous start against the uh, the Braves. Atlanta, excuse me, where he gave up 14 hits and 11 runs. Kind of had to wear it a little bit. But since then, he's been pretty solid, and he'd be something I'd be looking to pick up right around. If I can get him for free, great. If I have to spend a buck or two, so be it. Somebody who I think is worth the stream right now. For sure. I mean, outside of that, just absolutely dreadful brave start. He's been he's been really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a as far as you look, you look at the Marlins rotation. I don't think Garrett, despite his lofty draft status, uh, has that quite that upside. But I, I do think Correct. he can miss miss some bats, and I think he can be at least a streamer and perhaps a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So definitely, uh, if you're talking about a a zero to one dollar bid, I think he's a, a viable target. Another guy um, shifting to relief here, Justin Lawrence says picked up saves in consecutive days for the Rockies. Um, he did it in kind of bizarre fashion. Yes. He got a he recorded I think just one out in a seven to two game. Um on friday to pick up the save yes that's possible yeah what a good um, stat that and then stat saturday is. he gave up a run and i think like two hits and a walk so not the smoothest of of outings but he did he did manage to record that save pierce johnson has been dreadful sure um i would have i thought daniel bard was probably gonna be next in line i mean he's I know the strike out to walk rate with Bard has not been good. Um, but you know, his ERA, I believe, is below one. So I thought I thought maybe he could slide back into that closer role. Um I know he it's kind of a delicate situation with him. He's was on the IL for for anxiety and he's had the issues with the with the yips. Yeah. So Lawrence has been really good this year. I mean, he's a guy who has really embraced that sweeper. And oh, by the way, he also can touch a hundred miles per hour on the radar gun right. as well. Yeah. Not a, not good control. No, not on a good team, not in a good home park. That's a lot of knots, <laughs> but I do think he has some ability and he certainly looks 
at the moment like the favorite for saves in Colorado. So if you can get him on the cheap right now, um, as in zero or a one dollar fad bid, I think he's I think he's worth that. Yeah, you know, he's kind of what he reminds me of is he is the poor man's, for lack of a better term, Andres Munoz, like a very similar profile in terms of embracing that slider. Unfortunately, similar hair, too. Similar hair. Yep, both got the flow going on. Hopefully, we see Munoz back pretty soon, by the way. It's been, as a Seattle Mariner fan, um, as good as Justin Topa and Gabe Spire have been, I'm looking forward to relying on Munoz more than those guys to be honest with you. So the two guys I want to recommend, I'm going to recommend a couple starting pitchers who were both awful last week in their first starts. And yet here we go. I'm going to start with another Rocky Denelson Lamette. Lamette was pretty bad. He came back from the injured list and he gave up five runs in three innings, but he did get four strikeouts and he got eight crawl ball outs. And I talked to a bunch of scouts that said he looked fantastic during his rehab outings. Faced a tough Arizona team. We got to start taking Arizona um, seriously. They are a legitimate contender, it looks like. I believe tied for the best record in the National League right now, which, you know, got to give credit to our, our nemesis, Drubert Silva. He has been on the uh, Diamondback bandwagon, and he's looked good so far. We are not that long removed from Lamette looking like one of the best young starters in baseball. And I realized that very little has gone right for him since, and he's going to be making home starts in Colorado. But when he's on the road, and if you are desperate for some starting pitching help and looking for some strikeouts, I really do think Lamette can be that guy. Uh, It's a little bit of a fear of FOMO for me, because if you go get, if he's really does pitch well, as well as the scouts told me over these next few, you're not going to be able to get him for free. So I am recommending Chris Crawford is telling you that if you have a deep enough bench, if you're playing in a league where you have like five to 10 guys and you don't have like some set it type of guys that just happen to be on your bench because you don't have any room, go get to Nelson Lamette. If he stinks for a couple of weeks, drop him, but I'm recommending him. And I'm also going to do the same for Brian Wu. Look, Brian Wu was terrible in his major league debut yesterday. He gave up seven runs in two winnings. You want to talk about being thrown into the fire for a first start, though, Ryan, to make that first start in Texas against maybe the best lineup in the American League, maybe the best lineup in baseball, certainly playing like that. Sarah Langs just tweeted out a stat that they've scored 10 or more runs uh, earlier than like all but like five teams in Major League Baseball. They can really hit. And look, the problem with Wu for that start was that he just caught too much of the plate. A lot of times when a guy struggles early on, Ryan, it's because they can't find the strike zone. On the contrary for Wu, he was just catching way too much of the plate, attacking the zone a little bit too much against a lineup that can just absolutely dominate fastballs. I'm seeing it happen right now with Bryce Miller. They they are a really, really good baseball team. Marco Gonzalez is going to miss multiple starts with his forearm issue. So he's going to get that chance. He's going to get a chance to pitch in T-Mobile Park more often than he's going to pitch in Texas, again, against a loaded lineup. I can't overstate it how impressed I am with Texas's lineup. I still think that both of those guys, in particular Wu, have a chance for fantasy success this year. So if the bright side, maybe it's a bright side, maybe it's a negative. Um, If Wu is really good, we're going to be, inundated with Ric Flair gifts on all over Twitter 
Thank so. you for reminding me of that. We don't need to do the Ric Flair, guys. That's fine if you want to do the Ric Flair. We've got to bring the Can You Woo 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 back. Come on. That is one of the all-time great R&B songs. Can You Woo 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 after every strikeout. Not Ric Flair. I'm sorry. I'm not a wrestling fan. It just was never ingrained in me. Um, I watched uh, Yokozuma get body slammed once on like an aircraft carrier. And that's all I can tell you about wrestling other than way the carry. Oh, this is an interesting question for you, Ryan. What's a bigger carryover Bruce Springsteen or wrestling with fantasy baseball writers? Oh, it's, I think it's gotta be Springsteen. Still Springsteen. Okay. Yeah. I see. I was saying Springsteen more for beat writers for fantasy. I was thinking wrestling, but I think you're, mm. I think you're probably right. And I don't get it. I, I will go on the record right now. I don't. I don't like Bruce Springsteen. I, I don't. I think every song sounds very similar, and I. I don't get it. I think it's a New Jersey thing too, and I don't get that state either. Um, I, I will say, just don't adjust. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, it, it does say 2023 fantasy baseball at the top, and Chris Crawford is <laughs> recommending to Nelson Lamette. I mean, he's not. This is not four years uh, too late. He he is aware. Aww. He is aware of the year. Yep. Um, no, I, I I tease a little bit. I, I'm yep. not interested in Denelson Lamette. Full disclosure. Sure. If if he looks pretty good, the next couple starts, he will be on my radar on road on at four road starts. That's fair. I'll give him that. Fair. I did. I mean, you go back to the to the pandemic season. We didn't, it's not that long ago. Yeah. He, uh, was, was awfully good. He yeah. just has been awfully, awfully bad since then. Yeah. And but, unhealthy you know, too. And unhealthy as well. Yeah. Um, so transition from Denelson Lamette to Luke and Baker, as we round out our, uh, our fab recommendations here. Yeah. Zero $1 bid for Luke and Baker, I think is, um, just fine. Um, mm -hmm. He has been a Cardinals called him up today, by the way, got a couple of hits in his first, in his first start at DH. I don't know how much he's ultimately going to play. Um, they had a lefty on the mound, Rich Hill today, probably. I mean, they could stick Nolan Gorman at second base on a relatively full-time basis. Uh, Edmund Moore in the outfield. Edmund's going to have to play some center field for a bit. That's where he's made his last couple starts. So there could be some room for Luke and Baker in the DH spot. Obviously, he's not going to be playing first base. He's had an awesome year this year at uh, at Triple A Memphis. I believe tied for the major league major league minor league lead with 18 home runs. He made some swing changes over the off season. He's like already almost set a career high in walks already. So he's being more selective and. As Chris well knows, is uh, Luke and Baker coming out of, uh, I believe, TCU. Correct. He's a, he's a massive, massive human being. He's huge. Uh, with massive raw power. Mm -hmm. um, can't really play the field. He's probably only a DH. Uh, but if he can continue to make enough contact and he is drawing walks at a rate he never has before, if he can keep that going – He's somewhat interesting. Um, so when we're talking about the zero to, to $1 bids, I think he's at least worth a flyer for a Cardinals lineup that is looking for a, a spark of late, frankly. Yeah, 
Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, by the way, do you know what Luke and Baker's middle name is? I have seen this before, but I, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't re- recall. It's Grovener, Lucan Grovener right. Baker, and that's spelled G R O S V E N O R. The S is silent. Uh, I'm guessing there's some family ties in there somewhere. There's got to be some family ties there, and good for him if there are, because that's a pretty big company. Um, <laughs> he like, he's kind of the prototypical. Um, almost reminds me in part, he reminds me, by the way, Bryce Miller just gave up a home run. Uh, he almost reminds me of Kevin Mensch. Do you remember Kevin Mensch back sure. in the day? That, that type of guy who can just absolutely mash left-handers, not as athletic as Mensch can't play the outfield, but he can be, you know, a nice little designated hitter, first base type that, uh, you know, honestly, I think Juan Yepes is the better version of Baker, but I don't mind him giving him a shot, like seeing what he can do, um, Yep, this is, I believe, Ryan, you can tell me more accurately, been a little bit of a disappointment so far in uh, 2023. They haven't given him much of a chance. It's been kind a of a bunch of a chance. Yeah. 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 It's there's a lot of weird things about your St. Louis baseball team this year, Ryan. I don't know if you've uh, noticed that or not. It's been, but when they win the World Series, what a crazy DVD this absolutely will be. But yeah, I would recommend Baker as, as that like $1 ad, especially if you're looking for somebody who can give you some pop. Like if you're looking for some help in the Homer category would not shock me if he would contribute in that regard. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for turning into the road wire fantasy baseball podcast brought to you by rival fantasy, go to rivalfantasy.com or download the app to begin playing a far better form of daily fantasy baseball. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Crawford underscore M I L B Ryan is at Ryan P Boyer and stay tuned because we're going to have new episodes every single day of the week. Have a great weekend. It's actually over. I hope you enjoyed your weekend, I guess I should say, and we'll see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.